it all right if I keep these chairs here for a while? Uh, I'm having a New Year's Eve party. You're going to keep these here for four months? No, New Year's Eve 2016. I told you about that. You're going to leave these chairs here for two and a half years? You're not going to see them. I got a case of party poppers I'm going to keep in front of them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep these balloons here too, huh? They'll be all right. These balloons aren't going to stay filled till New Year's. Well, these aren't for New Year's. Those are my everyday balloons. August 18th, 2013. Hello, greetings and salutations, folks. All of those things and more. What more? More. Such as? Such as this example of me one-upping you. That's not one-upping. You don't have That's anything. That's more. You've got nothing. See, I said more. I said greetings, salutations. You say more. What more is there? More. I'd like an more example. More of all of those things. An example. More greetings, more salutations. No. Extra. No. Yeah. No. Super much. Super size? No? You're just failing all over this entire thing. We should just start over. It's so Dude, we're like 30 seconds in. So bad. And you're like, it's over. Shut it down. You're terrible. (laughs) Terrible. I don't think so. So terrible. I said good day. No, you didn't. I just did. (laughs) Um, So why don't you just read your post-it? Huh? Why don't you? (laughs) I shall. Shall you? Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. Here I go. Hmm. Reading. Susan is a poop head. That's what that it says. That is not on your post I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. Item one. I Susan don't... is a poop head. No, it says blah, 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 blah. Lots of scribbles. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> is Susan is a poop head. <laughs> Just read it. Susan is a poop head. <laughs> you just couldn't help it. <laughs> it's about Phantom Canyon. Yes. Yeah. The bios for the cast have started being released on social media like you're not responsible for this in any way you're like suddenly our social media accounts update themselves it's amazing we do live in the future uh but yeah so far bios have gone up for mike wong Catherine pride and paul brueggemann that's very cool we'll have many more to come come. in the days following so stay tuned to our tumblr and Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Yeah, follow us for that great info. We're up to releasing the info with the cast with the bios. It's cool. They're awesome people. Awesome people in our awesome show. Yes, that is in production. Yes, yes, it's an awesome production. That's right. Scripts three and four just went to cast this past week for recording. So they did. Yeah. Did you do that today? No, I did that several days ago. Oh right. (laughs) Never mind. I mean, I forgot, of course. Susan is a poop head. <laughs> See? Stop it. It's all covered. Okay, let's just move on. All right, moving okay, on. Move on. On August 23rd. In the near future. This here audio production company turns nine years old. How about that? Can you believe it? I thought you had a stroke in the middle. It what? was like this year. <laughs> what? What? I was going to call for an ambulance. Poop head. So we're nine years old? Oh my God. Nine. Yes, you can clearly tell since we're calling each other poop head in our yes, news podcast. You can tell that we've matured <laughs> as the years have gone on. Nine whole years. Actually, nine's about right. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. So, anyway, Happy that is very cool. Years. Thank you very much to everybody who's been a part of Pendant for, uh, all these years helping us make all of our awesome stuff. Yeah, we've done okay. Pretty darn good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes? One more news item. Really? Well, actually two. There's one I didn't put on here. I wanted to mention that uh, Henderson and Havner is yeah. progressing still through production. Um, It's not quite... Uh, We were going before, like, oh, it was at 25% done. It's 50% done. Well, it's not 75% done. It's probably like 63% done at this point. Okay. I see what you're saying. That's my estimation. So it's not up to 75 like before. You know, got a little busier. Production slowed down a little bit, but it's still progressing forward. It's still going. So it is still coming along nicely, and we'll have information about a release date for that soon, I would imagine, probably sometime in the next, you know, few episodes of TWIP. We'll have some news about that for you. All right. So now Now. the final news item is that uh, Dave Morgan, present assistant director on Tabula Rasa, is going to be directing The King of Eight. 
Yay! Now, originally, um, of course, Jared Page is the director of Kingery, who is, uh, um, after the season ended, he's now working on Phantom Cannon, as we mentioned. Yes. Um, and so we had mentioned before that Kingery was going to have a pretty long hiatus while uh, he was working on Phantom Cannon and everything, and then we thought... But then we were thinking about it, we're like... Wow, this could be a really long hiatus. Like, really, really long. So like, maybe we should yeah. try to make that shorter. So we're going to try to get the show back sooner for all you folks out there. So that means uh, while Jared's directing Phantom Canyon, Dave will be directing The Kingery. Right. So welcome, so- welcome to the lead director chair, Dave. Yes, Dave. And you'll be starting just as soon as we get writing again. <laughs> Oh, right, since we didn't know... We need to actually start all of production. We didn't have... There would be a, a director for the show available. We didn't start planning the uh, the season and stuff yet. So uh, us writers will be getting together and doing that soon, planning it and start scripting, and uh, we'll get those lines coming back in, and then Dave will start directing, and the show will be coming up. Yay! And Yay! much like the other shows, Phantom Canyon and Henderson and Hafner, we will have a premiere date for you uh, for season seven of The King of Can you believe that? Season seven. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, as soon as we know when it will be ready. And right now we don't, so, so when we do, we will let you know. Once again, dates, they're coming. Just, We're going to tell just you. just not ready yet. Yeah. Eventually, though. We're going to let you know. Soonish. Promise. Totes. Totally. From London, England, we have Chris Britton on the line. Hello, Chris. Hello. How's it going? Lovely. It's it, oh, it's going very well. It's lovely to be here. It's been a long, uh, long time since I've sort of you know entered the pendant fold in a in a, in a physical way, and it's it's very nice to uh, be back. Well, it's definitely very good to have you. I appreciate you taking the time out, and I know it's <laughs> be, being on the other side of the pond. It's it's late on your end. <laughs> it, it, is, it is. These are the, the, the troubles with time zones. I have faith that physicists are going to figure it all out in <laughs> you know, the near future and that it will be the same time anywhere on the planet um, uh, all the time. But until they do, um, I'm fine uh, using my insomnia to uh, for a good cause. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. So as you know, we have um, questions from Pendulums and from me, and we'll make, make up stuff as we go along. So let's uh, let's jump right in, shall we? Cool, go for it. Excellent. Let's start with a little thing you did called the line. Oh, we'll start we're starting there, are we? Okay. <laughs> what would you like to know? Where did you get the idea? <laughs> okay. Um oh, it was it was years ago. It was it was 2007-2008 I wrote a a terrible audio script, absolutely dreadful about uh, this immortal um, girl who, and it sort of jumped between uh, the Byzantine era and the modern day United Nations. And she was kind of put there to guide humanity. And it was dreadful. And she had some terrible fanficy name like Lilith Andra or something. She probably had cerulean eyes and long red flowing hair. I mean, seriously, just appalling. And I think the script has disappeared, which is good. However, from that, <laughs> from that the, the this idea of 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 connecting humanity with the celestial and this idea uh, of of an immortal power um which eventually became sort of kitty shadow in in the actual show um and a few other ideas that run through it sort of began to play around in my mind and i'm i it was i, I not to not to turn this into a therapy session but i was <laughs> raised catholic not um not in any way one in sort of the magdalene laundries abusive catholic you know i have cool parents and it was fine um, but uh, going to you know church every week on a Sunday for 16, 17 years, it you know it, it gets into your brain, and you know I find it very difficult not to um, not to uh, put Catholicism on almost everything I do and everything I think about, and it's you know it's a big part. I'm not a Catholic anymore. I would consider myself sort of a confused agnostic. I'm certainly not uh, deaf enough about anything to say atheist, but when I write. And, and when I write about uh, especially serious things, I, religion tends to sweep in there somewhere. 
and um so that the line kind of built up from the you know this idea of this immortal power and then catholicism came in and then i thought no let's not just catholicism let's do all religion let's let's you know look across the board around the world where religions come from um to 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 be a bit more of a fan fanboy as it were you know i love buffy I love um, sort of anything that has a super-powered um, main protagonist, um, especially if it has a feminist bent. Um, anyone who follows me on Facebook knows I'm pretty politically active and we'll have a good rant about gender equality and, uh, and LGBT rights. Um, you've, if, you've, uh, you've mentioned a few things on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah <laughs> a few, I know, once once or twice an hour. Um and I thought, okay, I'm I'm not nearly as funny or as talented in terms of crafting speech as Joss Whedon is, but I know I can tell a damn good plot, so let's start there. And that was when the whole idea started to build up um, around Stephanie and becoming the warrior and being controlled by these angels, and, and it sort of built on from there. That was a very long uh, amount of me talking there, but um, that's roughly how it came about. There's a lot of, um, I don't want to say religion, but there's a lot of mysticism in in the line. And, and I'm not an expert on mysticism by any stretch of the imagination. I know a little bit. It, I recognized a lot of different things, out, not just Catholicism-based uh, mysticism, but uh, Kabbalah uh, from uh, Jewish mysticism, you touched on um, a couple different things. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in write what you know. So Catholicism was definitely the basis, and certainly for the seasons that um, we that, that we told, you know, that was a lot where it's based. But no, absolutely, we wanted to bring in Kabbalah. We wanted to bring in a bit of Judaism. Um, we had the two episodes based around Scientology, which mm-hmm. is a, a massive fascination of mine. Um, absolutely crazy um, cult. I, I know some people might be offended by me saying that, but I really don't care. It is um, a cult, um, and uh, and and so we wanted to bring more stuff like that, and and just just kind of yeah, just play around with. You know, you look into any religion, but especially if you look into Christianity, it's borrowed from across the board. Mm. You know, it's borrowed from every faith that came before it, and some faiths that still exist now. Um, so I think it. There are a lot of religious-based movies, uh, Constantine, Priest, um, that terrible one with Paul Bettany. Um, he was also in Priest, but there was another terrible one. I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, uh, and they always, you know, it's kind of they present this very Christian-centric worldview, and there is a God, and there was a Jesus, and there's the angel Gabriel and the angel Michael. And I wanted to bring all that stuff in, but I wanted to say, but this isn't everything. This is just one perception of the celestial realm. Um, so, yeah. And one of the things that I thought stood out in the line um, was everybody, every single character was flawed. And I think the more traditionally thought of as pure were more and more flawed. I think the more you traditionally thought of somebody or some entity as pure, the more flawed they came across. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I like to mess around with uh, with perception, and I like to mess around with stereotypes and tropes and things. And I I'm have very little interest in people who don't have flaws because I don't I I have no example of them in real life. I've yeah. I've never met a flawless person. Um, so yeah, I definitely wanted to examine. I mean, you know, sort of Steph comes from uh, a mixture of of my teenage stroke university years and some of my friends and, and, and my loved ones you know experiences um some more extreme than mine and so there was a lot of that and i wanted to tell you know a real teenager i want well a real teenager as i see it not every teenager is like that not every teenager is going around and, and shagging anything that moves and doing loads of drugs but there are lots of that do um and i feel that they are often cut out of the mainstream media or if they are included in the mainstream media it's just to basically do a sex is bad drugs is bad drugs are bad message 
-hmm. which I have very little interest in telling. I have no problem with doing that there can be consequences um, to uh, unwise behavior, but I don't have any interest in stigmatizing people for wanting to have sex, for wanting to experiment with drugs, for, for, you know, for feeling they want to represent themselves who they are. So, so are they flaws? Are they just experimentation? I don't know. I think we certainly got more flaws out of characters such as Kitty um, and the experiences that she had to go through. And yeah, as you say, obviously, when we got to priests and nuns, I was like, nope, you guys are going to be the worst. Um, so I, I made sure to well, to even give your them... angels. Your angels were terribly flawed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you I, get I any feedback some... on, on, on that kind of thing? I mean, I mean, feedback, you know, I, I got some people saying this is interesting. Um, I didn't get anything negative, if that's okay. what you mean. Uh, there, there wasn't any sort of like, oh, my God, this is so offensive. I did wonder if there would be. But I think uh, with these things, unfortunately, you know, I not unfortunately i chose to write it very much in an adult vein there is a lot of sex a lot of swearing in there and i I, how i toned that down and targeted it more to sort of a pg-13 audience but kept the kept the same idea i wonder whether there would have been more a a little bit perhaps a backlash against it i don't know but i think making it very much this is r-rated you know um i i think the people who went in i would hope went in with their eyes open and sort of knew what they were going to get and anyone who knows me knows the sort of things that i write about and, the, and how i talk um i have to really monitor myself here not to uh not not to make this episode of twip an r-rated episode <laughs> so uh <laughs> um um so no but no the angels i i guess it comes from like when i've thought about religion myself and uh, you know occasionally i think oh maybe i do believe in things and maybe i would want to go back or start attending some sort of church not catholic church i don't think i could go back to that but something much more liberal and understanding you know there's stuff out there especially here in the uk in the uk around london where i live you know a lot of very hippy dippy happy churches you know welcoming of, of anyone and more about shared experience than about a god that tells you what to do um i think i've I'm more attracted to the idea of a supreme power that is also flawed. You know, I'm much more willing to buy a god who makes mistakes, who screws up, uh, than I am a god who's perfect and and is love. And I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. I, do, I don't really buy a god who could, you know, love some of the horrific things that are done. And I don't really buy the whole this is done for a purpose. No, it's not. It just happens and it sucks, but it's not done for a purpose. If it, if there is a God, then it's a God that either has lost his or her power or it's a God that doesn't care. So there we are. Very bleak. Um, but uh, but that's where the angel sort of came from. Okay. Um, did you... Well, obviously we, we, you didn't get to finish, didn't have or have time to, to finish the story because it definitely ended in a way that said, hey, there's more. <laughs> yeah. Um, Any plans to come back to it? <laughs> oh, you knew we I wrapped. was going to ask you that. No, well, we, we wrapped it up. Um, not when we intended to. We had started working on a third season, but as you know, M um became my co-writer on the show um mm-hmm. she's a good friend and, and she brings a huge amount of knowledge and and information and slightly more humor to the dialogue that i am uh, particularly skilled at so we you know we had a really great partnership and she had a lot of stuff on i had a huge amount of stuff on i was doing a full-time degree alongside a full-time job and i was falling further behind each month like the direction and even with extra directors on it was just like it, i could tell that like i was going to go to for a burnout and i didn't want to finish mid-season like right. and say sorry we've got to go on hiatus for however long i thought no i want to if i'm going to do this let's tell a proper ending so i came up with a proper ending i knew that the main storyline would wrap up at the end of season two so we kind of i wrote an extra ending for it, that bit that you hear at the final episode that wasn't originally there um to sort of give closure but also to say yeah there is more and yes there is more am i going to come back maybe um we'll talk 
talk a bit more towards the end about I'm sure about about other things. Um, but it's it's there are ideas, there are <laughs> scripts, and and characters and things I would like to explore. So it's it's definitely on on my agenda i'm just not sure where when or how but um i'll definitely keep you posted okay fair enough <laughs> um so moving on to another show cool. um probably just as um mystical you had a big part in genesis avalon yeah, I did. Obsidian. And was co-director, uh, editor, way, way, way back in the day? Yeah, I, I edited a lot of the scripts uh, from, from quite early on up until the, 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 little, the, the little trilogy that Cat uh, wrote about Asara's history okay. um, that happened just before the final season. So I edited all the way up to there, um, which was really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed working with Kat. Um, I love her work. I think Genesis Avalon is such a nuanced and deep show. And, and I mean, that is an example of, you know, of, of how she brings so much to it from, from her knowledge of the different gods, the different faiths that she brings in, um, the way that they access their powers, all the mythology that she has around her. I mean, it's truly astounding. I don't, I'm, you know, uh, I, I said it, I don't know how she keeps quite all of it in her head. I'm sure she must have a wall of post-it notes or something like a serial killer. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it really is uh, quite amazing. So no, it was a wonderful experience. I love playing Obsidian. Um, I'm very sad that he he got killed. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I know that the finale is coming, and I I know the script's not out yet. And I do wonder, will there might there be a little cameo, just a little cameo, just a little Asara in there somewhere? That would be that would be awesome. But if not, um, I understand that uh, evil must perish and the good fight must go on. I'm just very excited to hear how the show ends. I'm yeah, I'm definitely glued when when I make make the rounds through through the episodes. Um, yeah. So playing Obsidian versus playing somebody like oh let's go to the just the other side completely like Tommy <laughs> from Dixie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, no, go on. Ask a question. So, so first, <laughs> what what do you have more fun doing? Is it is it you know villains are just more fun to play, or is it therapeutic? Yeah, there is that cliche, isn't there? A lot of actors say um, villains are more fun to play. I mean, I to, to preface this, I don't really consider myself an actor. You know, that was how I originally got involved with Pendant and then directing and writing and editing all came along. And I thought, well, that, you know, that's where I want to focus most of my attention. But I was happy to audition for, for roles. And occasionally people said, we need a British voice. So I was like, great, I'm a British voice. I can do this. <laughs> um, and this is Tommy. I mean, if you go right back to the beginning of Dixie, Tommy speaks quite a lot like this. Oh, no, Dixie, what are we going to do? And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, man. Um, chill out a bit. Um, it wasn't intentional, but it was quite good that <laughs> I did not know this, but Jeffrey wrote the scripts so that Tommy does relax as the show goes on. And it just so happened that as the show went on, I more and more gave up of trying to do this RAF fighter pilot from World War II and just thought, no, I'm just going to do it more like me because uh, that's easier. Um, so laziness abound, but it actually did work um, in terms of the character arc. Hooray. Um, yeah, because his his story became much more personal than it was more fighting. Exactly. Exactly. In terms of what was more fun, I enjoyed playing them both. I think um, Obsidian gave a huge amount of range in terms of that that pure malevolent evil and especially when we went into that trilogy to play Owen that was that was probably the most fun I've had acting with Pendant with, with those three episodes um, because I thought Cat crafted such a wonderful storyline you knew where it was going and you know who Owen is right from the beginning like oh god it's all gonna go terribly and then it goes much worse than you <laughs> 
you think it was going to. And as somebody who likes to write stuff about things being absolutely awful and then getting worse, um, I appreciated that, and it was, that was that was a lot of fun. But I but equally, um, Tommy was a lovely, sweet role, and and it was someone that I felt I could do because I felt like okay, I can I can do this. Um, and it was, I loved his relationship with Dixie. I loved how that developed, and I loved that he was a non-traditional uh, male character in the show, in that he was very sensitive and very much into his art, and he actually be, ends up becoming the stay-at-home um father to their daughter um to their son sorry um and i i I thought that was great and i thought it was you know it was nice to see that inverse gender relationship between him and dixie and that was i think that was that was pretty special definitely and um you know i've said it before i'll say it again we don't see a body well jeffrey may be busy but it could happen. Absolutely. And I've always said to him, and I stand by it, if he brings it back, then I'm Tommy, and I'm back in instantly, um, uh, without a doubt. No, I agree. There's no body, and there is the case of uh, of that pen so uh, that I have a theory about. But, um, yeah. Um, but obviously, Jeffrey's been very tight-lipped about it all, and uh, maybe, I hope he comes back to it, because I think there's... I think there's more, more mileage in Dixie for definite. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a treasure trove of of story there, and depending yeah. on how it would continue, there's just uh, the the sky's literally the limit there, or not even the limit. So, um, you mentioned that. Um, you started off independent acting, but then got into writing and directing. How did that come about? Um, so uh, back in back in the old days, uh, when I first joined up, there were uh, there were various shows and such going on, and I, I, I the first one of the first things I auditioned for was Tommy, because uh, because it was it was Jeffrey said we need a British voice to play as RF fire partner. I think I think I might have just got into Penn just before David Alt and uh, snapped the role of of Tommy because uh, God knows he's a, a vastly more talented actor than I am. So I, I think I would have lost out there. But I was like, yes, timing is everything. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so, so there was that, and then um, after a bit of directing experience on on various things, um, I, I sort of stepped back for a bit, and that was when I stepped back and went right. I want to do my own thing. Got an idea, and I just went into writing mode. Um, and I wrote. I'd written a short. Um, actually, it wasn't originally written for Penn. It was written a play, which was Losing Eighty Three. Uh, on seminar and again <laughs> surprising enough it's about religion about a, a religious dystopia um so i'd written that and, and i'd adapted that for audio and put that out there so i you know i had some a bit of writing experience but i said to jeffrey now i've got this idea i'm going to work on it and that summer which must have been the summer of 2009 i know because m was getting really fed up on me emailing her all the time about it but between like july and september i just sat down and just wrote 12 scripts and so those 12 scripts became 26 scripts because they were all so effing long. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that's where the um, part one, part two, part three, part four came yeah. from. There, were, there was a bit, of, a bit of that. I think, um, yeah, I originally wrote 12 scripts with the idea of them being 12 months and it would be almost a real time show. So each episode would be set in that month. Mm-hmm. That was my my naive idea. <laughs> Um, so for you, um, writing for Pendant Seminar was your gateway drug? I mean, yeah, sort of. I've always written, you know, at school I used to write ridiculously long in-depth stories, which were all sort of famous five fan fiction, um, but with, with sort of added elements of Star Trek, um, you know, because I, I like to bend genres even at a young age. Um, and so... But, but, but Pendant was the first time that I realised that not just were people writing on the internet, because I've written fan fiction, I'd read a lot of fan fiction, um, especially the porn stuff, um, for for many years. 
Um, so I knew all that was out there, but Penham was the first time that I realised that people were doing something which I loved, which is audio drama, which I've always loved, Hitchhiker's Guide, Doctor Who, um, the, the stuff that uh, the BBC Dirk Magd did in the early 90s with uh, Batman Nightfall and the Superman series. Um, I absolutely adored it, and I had no idea, genuinely no idea, that people were out there doing it on an amateur stroke semi-professional basis and you could just go and get involved and as soon as i found him and that was i was hooked i was like nope this is it scripts that's what i want to write and so and i had that experience of being able to write that play uh, that was performed as part of like a small evening of plays over the week um and as soon as i knew i could do that and as soon as i'd had a bit of experience with pens and adapted that i was like no this is this is this is my life now this is what i want to do in my spare time um so yeah i mean i owe a huge amount i owe jeffrey a huge amount um finding it and uh, experiencing it and uh, becoming such a involved part in it and i think you know um i hope that uh you know come my my 80th birthday rather than my impending 30th birthday which is coming up far too quick i tell you um i hope even then i'll still be uh, i'll still be involved in some respect in the the audio drum world i hope it still exists you know i hope it's still out there on whatever form of crazy network we have by uh, by 20 or well, that'd be 2063 <laughs> 2063 that's first contact brilliant that's an exciting year um sense of fanfic coming there yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome um so let's see you were in dixie i was you've written and i believe you've been in seminar in one form or another uh yeah i probably have appeared in there once or twice i i, I must confess i couldn't tell you when or where but uh yeah um avalon did you i i think you were in the line probably for bit parts no no i'm not one i have a hard no not even one no i'm very strict with myself about that and it comes from the fact that i know that i'm a massive egotist when i want to be and if i start writing myself i'll just be like oh give myself a funny line or a hilarious death or something it'll be great um, I'm like, no, no, I'm not nearly that disciplined. There are some fantastically disciplined writer uh, actors out there who are very good at, at doing it. Um, Cat Pride being a perfect example, uh, giving herself the, the very unassuming role of Asara in the show and not at all grandstanding um, is, is the perfect way. But I'm no. Now I thought, no, if I'm writing something, I'm not going to get involved in it. Also, as I said before, I can do this and I can do this like an octave deeper, slightly creepily. Uh, but apart from that, those are my only two talent skills. So, uh, so much better to stay behind the screen. Okay. I know you've been in Shakespeare because I've listened to not just to the new stuff that um, has been out, but I went back and listened to the um, earlier Shakespeare uh, releases. Yeah, I played a teeny tiny part in A Midsummer Night's Dream, one of the mechanicals. Mm-hmm. Flute, maybe? I think I have one line, so I'm, I'm there very, very briefly in that. Um, and then I was in Macbeth as well as Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Um, which God, you know, I've almost forgotten I did that. And it was quite recent as well. Um, I, I think it was because it was in the crazy time of my life between the line and now, which seriously has just been a twelve-month blur of historical revision um, and crazy, uh, crazy work. Um, so yeah, so I, so yeah, I played the role of Malcolm, which was, which was great. I've, I love Shakespeare, and it was really cool to be a part of that. And I thought uh, Colin did a really excellent job of creating a very atmospheric um interpretation of the play so and i quite like malcolm he's quite a flawed character and and well there we are we're back to back to talk about (laughs) flawed characters again but but, um i'm like a broken record um but so yeah i find him quite interesting on that not i mean the whole of macbeth is full of flawed characters um from 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 beginning to end really Mm -hmm. and i don't think i've we haven't heard you in Tabula Rasa yet, have we? No, I don't know. No, I haven't had a role on Tabula Rasa. Um, not that I wouldn't say no to one, um, but uh, no, not yet. And then um, you had a small role in Vegas. 
and and I I bring it up because I'm now actually I've gone back and I've started listening from, uh, to Once Upon a Time in Vegas from the beginning. Oh, always a worthwhile thing to do. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I did, Jason. Um, who was in the first few episodes and was the fiance of God? Renee's going to kill me when she hears this because I cannot remember the character's name. Um, the sweet innocent one. Who, yes, who hasn't had sex? What the hell is her name? Well, while we ponder on that, <laughs> um, you can look, you can you can look it up sneakily. Um, while we ponder on that, yeah, I played I played her awful fiance. Who um, who didn't feel the weeness uh, that he wanted out the relationship, which is yes. one, one of the, my favourite lines that I've ever said. No, I can remember the line. I just can't remember the character. Christ. Um, so yeah, so I I I I've, I've, um, I'm interested to see if he uh, will return for the impending uh, final few Vegas episodes that I know are on their way bit by bit. Um, just uh, preferably to meet some untimely horrible death at the hands of wolves, I would imagine, because he was pretty grim. But uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. I love Vegas. I absolutely adore that show. I'm re- I really can't wait for them to finish it so I know how it ends. Oh, I know. Um, I know. And this is this is something we all suffer. But uh, you know, well, I know as well as anyone how easily the time disappears, and uh, you've got to prioritize. So uh, no, I completely understand. It's not Terry. No, it's not Terry. I, yeah. It's not Tessa. It's not Tessa. It's the other one. There we are. Yes. I could remember <laughs> Terry and Tessa. And I've been listening to it while at work, so it's kind of like in and out. You should know. I should. <laughs> long, long uh... interminable silence as we look that stuff up. You'll cut the silence out, of course, and that'll be fine. <laughs> It'll sound like we just knew straight away, but you can cut all this bit out. And it can be just like, yes, we knew who it was, of course. Ha <laughs> ha. I know where to look. Chloe. Chloe, that's it. If right, okay, let's do as I pretended that I knew all along. <laughs> so where I played Jason, who was the uh, the awful fiance of Chloe. Um, that character who I remember the name of there. So just just splice that back in certainly don't leave all this embarrassing stuff around the outside where i don't know what i'm talking about because that would be hideous i'm the interviewer and i've been listening to it today so we're, we're... <laughs> well you get no chocolate yes oh no that so that was fun to listen to and i i think um it ended with jason getting a little bit of a uh um, kind of a comeuppance. Yeah, Jason goes on a date with um, Denise, uh, um, the trans hairdresser. Yes. Um, and Jason, being a, a being a manly man who's definitely totally straight and can't handle any sort of queerness, um, gets mightily freaked out at discovering that Denise might have a penis, um, and uh, and this upsets him. But actually, you know, I sort of think maybe Denise can like calm him down and reduce his crazed masculinity, alpha male bollocksness a little bit, and they could have a wonderful relationship together. And maybe we'll see that when. Uh... Absolutely. When it comes out of hiatus. There's my Gary Stew fanfic ending for, for Jason. Equally, <laughs> equally ravaged by wolves. Happy to go down that route as well. So when you're not doing uh, pendant-related stuff, what are you doing? What else is there in my life? <laughs> um... Well, I won't talk too much about the, the, the general stuff. I work in a job uh, which eats many hours of my day and it pays the bills and it's sort of interesting but quite geeky and uh, certainly not of, uh, of any particular importance to this particular interview. Um, I, I live in London with my wonderful wife and our two three-legged cats. Um, we, we got them with three legs each. Everyone always says, did you get them with four legs? You didn't take very good care of them, did you? Yes, we did. They came with three legs. Um, but, they're, 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 but they're very happy. They hop around like bunnies. It's quite cute. Um, I, you know, I'm a big movie enthusiast, TV enthusiast. Uh, play a lot of games. Just been hammering my way through The Last of Us, which is possibly the best computer game I've uh, ever played in my entire life. Um, and somehow I just managed to fill the hours. I like to cook. 
Um, not always well, but I like to try. Um, and I definitely like to go to the pub for a drink or seven uh, with anyone who's willing to come. So, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of me. I fill the time, amazingly. Any projects you want to talk about? Well, I... I this is a pendant interview, so I don't want to do too much self-promotion, but I'll do an incy-wincy little bit, and I hope you forgive me. Um, obviously, after after ending the line, I had to step away from my associate producer role uh, with pendant, and that was due to, as I said before, all the the various uh, big things going on in life, primarily my degree, which I've now finished and passed, which is wonderful. Um, show off. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's behind me. So, so I had to stare it down. And in the intervening year, I was just sort of thinking, oh, well, you know, I'll get, get back to it when I get back to it. But I started chatting with Fiona Thrail, who you all know, big, big, big voice and name in Pendant, um, notably for Red Sands. Yes. And um, we were just chatting about it. We sort of said, oh, should we maybe, you know, we could do something together, just sort of like locally in the UK, um, you know, because we can meet up she lives north of london i live south so it's not too bad to meet up in the middle for a couple of drinks um every once in a while and so we just started throwing backwards and forwards a few ideas of what we could do um and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> mcr garcia um also uh, got wind of this because i told her um i said hey fee and i are talking about this and we know you're not in the uk but you know you fly over here occasionally so do you want to do it too um and so the three of us began to build what has become uh, quite recently Cooperantum Audio, um, which is not a production company in the way the pendant works. It's more of a cooperative where we can write and put up our stuff, but other people can write and put up their stuff as well. And just sort of a, a shared little hippie commune, you know, where we all smoke weed and, um, and it's great. Um, <laughs> so, virtual, uh, you know, we sort of had, sorry. Virtual internet weed. Virtual internet weed, absolutely. It's much cheaper and uh, absolutely no risk of paranoia whatsoever, um, except the one that comes from thinking someone's filming you via laptop camera. Um, <laughs> so, that, so that's sort of what we're working on at the moment. We've set it up. We've got a couple of shows coming, standalone sort of stuff. I'm writing like a, a little three-part nasty little horror piece about vengeance and justice and torture, which... Um, which could be interesting right um, up your yeah, absolutely yeah um i would you know we just we just wanted to play around some ideas and i've got a kind of this 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 my, my i'm very fortunate um in this respect my brother is a is a actor and a, a playwright and lives in london and you know we're very close and he had therefore has a lot of contacts within the acting community in london so we're talking about maybe getting someone together to do some kind of live reads for shows getting everyone together in a room and recording a show all together in one go which i've never tried before um so i thought that'd be kind of a cool new experience we've got a we've got a couple of pieces of a great comedy piece that he actually wrote that we'd like to try uh, and doing that so um so yeah, so that's sort of where I am right now. Um, is doing that, um, you know, and how it goes. Well, I'll let you know. Our first episode comes out on October thirty first, and uh, be lovely if you all came along and listened. And um, yeah, I hope you know. I hope it'll be a an extra a little thing in the audio verse that people can come along to if they like. Awesome. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you'd like to promote? <laughs> or talk about it. Well, I've, I've got this business, you see, and all you need is to donate $2,000 each, and you will reap the dividends. Reap them, I tell you. No. Um, no, I mean, not really. I think um, I'm glad that the line is still remembered. I'm glad it's still out there. I'm gl I hope people are still downloading and discovering it, enjoying it, and listening to it. You know, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of all the work we did. Um, you know, myself and M, the directors, uh, the various many directors who came on board to help, notably Joel Rowan, who put in hours and hours and put up with my constant, like, oh, if you could just change this bit. Um... And, uh, and all the actors uh, um, who were involved over the years that we were running it. So, you know, I'm glad it's still there, and I'm glad there's an interest for it to come back. And like I say, well, we'll, we'll keep you posted on, on how we work on that. But otherwise, it's just lovely to see Pendant still going, and it's, it's lovely to still sort of be uh, included on the, 
on the periphery and I still listen to everything that's produced and I'll happily act in any shows anyone wants me. If a casting call comes up that I'm interested in, I will be there. Awesome. Um, apart from that, you know, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. I shout a lot about politics. I swear a huge amount, uh, for which I'm very sorry for. Um, but I will uh, discuss anything with anybody um, happily. And how can people follow you on Twitter? Oh, that's a good point. So um, you can follow <laughs> my pub. You can follow my public Twitter, which is um, the T H E C J Britain, uh, and my surname uh, confusingly is like the country but with two T's. Um, so the C J Britain on Twitter um, and on Facebook, I am C J Britain. Um, Yes, just CJ Britton. And my icon on there at the moment is uh, an equal marriage one. It's a little heart uh, with uh, the equal sign through it. I think it's going to be that for a while. I'm pretty adamant to just uh, keep uh, going on and on and on about it until everyone grows up and allows everyone to marry whoever they they love, um, as long as they consent. There we are. There's a a little bit of politics to end this. Um, Yay, equal marriage. Um, Which recently passed in the UK. I'm going to go on a bit. Which recently passed in the UK, which is awesome um it's got signed by the queen and everything she said yep anyone can marry whoever they want so from next year we are officially one of the still far too few countries in the world that uh, allows that but i think you're making progress over there as well a bit because you've got that crazy state by state rule um which is mental but there we go probably not a popular opinion (laughs) well some things get handled by the fed some things get handled by the state some things get handled locally that's well, this is thing what that's getting get handled by the states. states. Yeah, this is what you get for rebelling against a monarchy. See, we would have treated you perfectly well, and we would have told you what your law was going to be for the whole country, and you'd have bloody well got on with it. Um, but there we go. You know, you have to have a war and everything. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. Bygones. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um. And for those uh, listening, we've talked about a bunch of shows. You can find them at www.penandaudio.com. You can find them on iTunes. And if you do a Google search, you may even find other ways of pulling them down. Um, Chris, thank you so much. It's getting really late on your end, and I appreciate you taking the time and – maybe loading up on coffee before we got connected today um, <laughs> to do the interview. It's a pleasure, and I will be back anytime. Um, you guys can all follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am at JG underscore QA, and, or you can find me on Facebook, www.facebook.com, J-O-R-D-A-N dot G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B dot 5036. I know I haven't changed it yet someday um once again chris thank you so much of course thank you um it's been lovely and uh, take care everyone thanks it's over it's over it's over just the interview it's over coming out wednesday august 21st season one episode 10 of tabula rasa season finale oh yeah you're in that show. All right. Oh. It's the season finale. <laughs> Look, I recorded that a while ago, okay? Are you all right? You seem a little on edge. Uh, <laughs> haven't you met me, sir? Next time on Tabula Rasa, as Jane recovers from her encounter with Gats. What was it exactly? Just a flash? Not a flash. A lot of flashes. Organized Crimes finds a loose end from the gang war, but becomes tied up in red tape. Everybody's cousin out here is trying to find a way in, but no one's got a big enough crew set up yet. You may want to get to it first. I'm calling to inform you that I'm flying out to you this evening in hopes of meeting with her. Tonight? I, uh, uh, great. Meanwhile, Senator Montague is back in town, and he's not safe yet. Okay, Mr. Europa. What is it you want? <laughs> I'm not crazy. The season slams to a close with Season 1, Episode 10, premiering August 21, 2013, only at PendantAudio.com.
coming out Wednesday, August 28th, episode 45 of Genesis Avalon. of the Fae, the place of beauty and magic. I'm dead. Genesis Avalon, episode 45, coming August 28, 2013, only at PendantAudio.com. But I'm not ready to die. Jane Almasterson, daughter of Elaine of the line of Corbinic. I welcome you to the Isle Beyond the Veil. La la la, the show is almost done. Yay! <laughs> Alright, that's all of our show. Yep, that's all. That's it. We're done! We're gonna get, well, we're not done. We're going back to work, okay? So We're we'll done recording. Yeah, but we'll see you That's later. That's what I meant. Yeah. That's obvious. Yes, well. Poophead! Why, stop it! Well, stop being a poophead, and then I'll stop saying okay, it. Okay, stop saying it, really. So you're looking at me, you're like, should I say it again? Should I? Should I? Poophead. Be sure to stop by the website at PendantAudio.com, the Yahoo group at groups.yahoo.com slash group slash Pendant, the Live Journal community at community.livejournal.com slash Pendant Audio, the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pendant Audio, the Twitter feed at twitter.com slash Pendant Web, and the Tumblr at PendantAudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Susan Bridges. I think you mean this is Poophead. No! <laughs> and Jeffrey Bridges. To be fair, also a poopy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I think I'm going to sneak on your computer and put something at pendantaudio.com slash just for you. Like what? Will you Photoshop something? That's gross. You're Ew. disgusting. Get off my show. <laughs> Mine was funny. Why are you killing it? Get out. You're fired. Me too. Stop looking at me like that.